Happy Hump Day, everyone. I am Brian O'Neill. And I'm Coach K. Together, we make up Queen City Poly, a podcast dedicated to discussing polyamorous relationships and other forms of ethical non-monogamy. Due to the explicit content of this podcast, we would advise you to listen with headphones or while you're in your vehicle. Or don't. I can't tell you what to do. Enjoy the episode. Today, we are talking about women's. <laughs> you know where that's from? I got to play that clip one day. But it was like a gay dude, and he went to the front altar because he was like at a church and was like, I'm not gay anymore. And he's like, I likes women's. Uh, and I just say women's. Lovely. Yeah. It, yeah. I got to play that for you. But yeah, um, hopefully everyone's been doing fine since the last time we talked. Um, today's been an eventful Monday for us. Yes. We, we thought we almost lost lost a family member. That sounds really dire. I know, I it, it was, it though. Was very I didn't know what to do. I was like, yo, My I can't, baby. can't find Charlie. <laughs> My baby. Uh, Charlie's one of our pups, if you didn't know. Um, he's the eldest of the bunch, and he's also he also he's, likes to explore a lot. And but he's also the good boy. Usually, yes, he is usually <laughs> the good boy. Usually, Rain is the one that's always, you know, chewing on other dogs or something like yeah. that. You know, but just tasting them. Yeah, she just wants to taste. <laughs> that's all. Oh, yeah. So other than that, though, it's been the usual Monday. Mm-hmm. Nothing too crazy. No. Yeah. It's the weather's nice, huh? Yeah, it's warming up a little bit. Yeah. This is why I moved to the Carolinas. This is all like a, was it Mirage though? Because it's about to, it's going to get cold again. Don't tell me this. And then it's like. You don't know what cold is though. Yeah, I don't do that. It's not really going to get cold again. I don't do that one degree stuff y'all do. I don't think it's going to get back to five. Do you think it's going to get back to five? No. It was five degrees once? Like at night? I think here, yeah. It was like not eight or nine Was that when you went to Myrtle Beach? Around then, it was real cold. Yeah, that was a hard time when of my you, life. When you ran in like eleven degree. Weather. Yeah, it was like thirteen degrees. Yeah. I didn't know it was that cold. <laughs> I was like, yo, what the hell? I've never seen someone so depressed after they already battled the winter. That I was, was like, baby, you're okay, and you're just like, no, I'm not. <laughs> nah, yo, that that was a different type of cold. I had gloves on. I was still cold. Yeah, everything was cold. That's not a real glove, though. My life changed that day. Did it now? I just, I was thankful for whatever warmth I was able to get after that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like, I was like, that ain't right, man. The world shouldn't be that cold. It's true. Yeah. It's very true. All right, so women. What's the first one on our bullet? Okay, yeah, so we wanted to talk about women specifically because um, we just had Women's March this past Saturday. It was a big turnout in Charlotte. Lots of people. We didn't go. Well, I made an appearance. You did not. Did you really? Yeah, I told you I ran down there. Oh, that does not count. Why doesn't it count? I listened to someone speak. Because you purposefully did not go. I went, though. I -hmm. ran down there, and I ran back. (laughs) (laughs) You made it a part of your run. Yeah, I didn't march, but... And you also like seeing people, so it's kind of like you were just extroverted, and it could have been a march about anything, and you probably would have ran there. Maybe. But it was also, it was too many people for me. Mm. 
did we march? No, we didn't march last year. We we met up we there at the end. Yeah. I just don't like a lot of people like that. I like, that's know. too many people. I know. It's kind of like when clubs, like you got to drink a lot to enjoy clubs because it's just too many people. It's true. Clubs are miserable. Yeah. So if you ever go to a club sober, you'll be like, why Why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> that's like a horrible idea. And the fact that the extrovert says that too is like, yeah, no. it's definitely true. Yeah, it's definitely bad. Because you can't dance. Even if you were a dancer, you can't dance you in can't clubs. You can't at the Latin clubs. Cool, they dance. Everyone dances. They dance. Yeah. And I used to go to those with Edwin and they dance. See, I could probably do those. Yeah, because they're more spread out. It's not as like body to body. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of women, how is it being a woman in a club? Like, is it just like a lot of guys is grabbing your ass like as they're walking by? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not like a lot of... I don't know. I guess it depends. I don't think that normally happens to you multiple times in yeah. a night, although it's definitely not impossible. I knew girls in my college in undergrad, they would go around grabbing guys' asses, like in... In parties and such. Is it bad that I think that's kind of funny? Yeah, it was just kind of like, they were like, alright, we're going to do it to them since we're always... Uh, but then those guys say, well, it's not fair, you're not playing by the same rules. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe we can get into some of that. So yeah, Women's March is kind of what sparked this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of talk about how women came up big lately in like elections mostly like women of color there's been like a lot of like things written there were like white women gotta step their game up mm. or something like that because like in alabama it was like black women like helped out in voting that area i don't know i didn't read all the different stuff but i just know there's a lot of like calling out white women politics of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, I thought we should we talk ha- about yeah. women. And we have all the Me Too stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, and Me Too. we have a president at a pro-life rally. Yeah. And we have... Women are big topic these days. And then we also have this weird cultural moment where um, in some of the, like, Aziz talk and stuff, when we were, like, looking at those videos and Matt Damon videos and all the other, yeah. like, Me Too videos, there's this sentiment that's really I can't quite put my finger on how much it bothers me but like there's a sentiment that like men are saying these things like women are feeling really powerful right now Mm. and I don't know there's something about that that bothers me because I don't like our power being in our victimization yeah Um, so you're saying you've always been powerful it's just like well, and is it really powerful, the fact that we're finally being listened to about shit that happens to us every day? I don't think... I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. It's nice that people are, like, listening and paying attention. But it sounds like the like some of the men are already trying to play a victim themselves. Yeah. Like, it's like we're trying to speak up as victims. And then they're like, oh, shit. You better be careful. Yeah. Women are coming at you. Like, they're the victims. And I don't know. Yeah. It's very polarizing. And I don't like the polarization. It seems like to me it's just like a wave. Like there's been like, granted, I just learned about women's rights like last year. So like I'm just not learning. But like it seems like over the years it's just been like waves of like women's right, like suffrage and then like on and on. So there's like these different segments of like, you know, 
like fighting for women's rights and it comes like different areas like you fought to like get into like the same like schools or businesses and now like it's all about like glass ceilings and things like that so mm-hmm. it seems like and I guess it's it's happened with every movement but it definitely seems I guess now that it's so easily spread across like with the social media and internet mm-hmm. it seems like oh this is like a new thing mm-hmm. but it's always been there but it, it just has. hasn't been as I, I guess like you can't the public wasn't able to access it so freely mm. and now it's so political yeah which it's is interesting in kind of how I say like black lives matters for white people because mm-hmm. black people have always been saying this <laughs> like they don't need that hashtag yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, they don't, need, my, they don't need that sign out their window. Yeah, some of my students asked me about that, and they were just like, "Oh, you're not part of Black Lives Matter." And I was like, "No, not really. I've I've always been with the shits, you know. <laughs> like I was just like, I was an I activist before Black <laughs> yeah, Lives Matter. I was like, this yeah, just my life, you know. Like, yeah, take it back to my students for sensible drug policy days, you know. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, always fighting the man. In in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So the big part about this was one we want to talk about um, in polyamory. What are some of the things that you can't? Not I wouldn't say can and can't do, but you feel more empowered by in polyamory than in monogamy. Yeah. So because polyamory is a more. Um, sexually like liberated relationship structure that obviously affects the sexes and mm-hmm. how people view women and women's role and men's role and gender and all of those things come into play um, even more so because you're challenging the model and when you challenge the model you challenge all the pieces including gender roles and all that fun stuff. Yeah. But what about the... Because uh, I think what keeps a lot of people from having those conversations or making... The, excuse me. The jump is, like everything else, fear. Like they fear stigma. They fear losing their partner because of all this. What do you... Like, do you think that's like just a general fear in in just monogamy relationships in general like that's just how we've our culture or um there's a lot of social pressure to be monogamous right so Mm. there's going to be fear there because society wants that fear there because it keeps you in line yeah um but fear is everywhere fears in all of our decision making Mm. and the sooner we realize that the sooner we can figure out why we're making the decisions we're making and See if we want to rethink them at all. Because right now, there's not a lot that's marketed to the polyamorous people. The polyamory. No, but I mean, the culture is getting very, very slowly more, like, easily, or, like, accepted to to a lot of the things. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, a generation ago, or, or a few generations ago, they'd be calling us hippies and... Yeah, you know, really discounting us even more so than you think we're discriminated against now as poly folk. Like I think it was way worse. 
previously when everyone was married in their 20s. Well, I well yeah, life was just harder in general, I guess. But yeah, and I think like the world is opening up a lot more. The world's ready for questioning relationships because all us millennials are out here with our hookup cultures and like shit that's not new. Like none right. of this is new, but like the way the media ha- makes you think, like makes you think it's pretty new. Right. We're, we're pro, you know, we're putting, we're not getting married as quickly. We're not having kids as quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're. We seem to be part of a generation that just like. Because a lot of the people before us had that mindset, but around the time, like, 25, they were like, all right, like, you know, real life mm-hmm. kind of sets in or whatever, mm-hmm. and I got to, like, do this. And then we're still holding on. We're just like, nah, yeah. we, you don't have to live this way. Yeah. <laughs> like, Well, and, I mean, our parents' parents, like, they were together till they died for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our generation was the first generation that saw, like, widespread divorce and yeah. just a lot of... And that coincides with feminism. Yeah, you know, the more you empower women, divorce rates do go up. I did like I said that back in undergrad when we had like sociology classes, and they were like, "Well, what do y'all think about the reason divorce?" I was like, "The reason we have divorce is because women can go to work now and make money for themselves, and they don't because like mm-hmm. it's not like back in the day when you needed a like they were brainwashed. I think they needed a guy to do these certain things." Like even my mom and there now, were she's way like, more obstacles yeah. for a single woman. Yeah, my mom now, like you know, like she knows, like especially with the internet, like I can Google how to like fix this car or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not like I'm like this hopeless person, or and that that needs a man or like. And the same thing with guys, like you don't necessarily need a woman for things. I would beg to differ with my life, but you know, that's just me. What do you mean? Like, I need you for a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. It's like... Well, partnership is still keep... a beautiful thing. I know, yeah. And we're more similar than we are different, but there are still wonderful, complimentary yeah. reasons for partnership. I guess, yeah, it's like, great. this is a good partnership. Like, if... Yeah, because technically, if, I guess if I was gay, I just needed a guy to do stuff that you can do. Yeah. <laughs> like, I that guess, makes yeah. sense. <laughs> like... <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I'm not only so you with yeah, a penis. I'm not only now. I'm not just a woman. Now I'm easily replaced by a gay man. No, it's fine. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> I know. I'm just fucking with you. Oh man. Yeah. So we were just thinking about the role of women now. Yeah. In this current state of affairs, and in polyamory, it's very woman focused. Mm. Right? Like, yeah. a lot of times, a lot of the times, it's the woman's idea. A lot of the time, mm-hmm. the poly groups are dominated by women. Um, and women really run the show in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out how men can help with uh, being allies for women. And one of the things that we came out with was uh, calling out patriarchy. Now, it's still something like it's hard for me because I don't, I don't always know it when I see it because it just seems normal to me. Mm. Like it's just like, oh, that's just, mm-hmm. just life happening. Mm-hmm. And then it's not until you like give mm-hmm. me the little nudge and like, well, what happens if a woman does this or something like? It's like, oh, I never thought about it in that way because mm-hmm. I never had to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and one way to do that is just. I know with guys, like, it's hard to 
it's one way I know, and I guess that's why I always felt more comfortable around women because I feel like I can just let my hyper masculine guard down mm. and just be like chill. Mm-hmm. But when you're around a bunch of dudes, sometimes you gotta be real like. It's like a different you. Like yeah. it's still me, but it's like a very more like aggressive and like mm-hmm. it's just a different type of me. And so I guess I'm just trying to figure out how to deliver that message so that I don't sound like I still sound like the masculine hyper like whatever masculine mm-hmm. me, but get the word across like, hey, like, you know. Right. And a lot of times calling out that patriarchy is letting you know or showing you or giving you examples in the world of how it's not the sex differences it's it's all of it right so if i can't act hyper masculine because if i do Uh the world's gonna tell me to sit the fuck down yeah and the same way if you act super feminine the world is going to like give you negative consequences for that yeah and just in a lot of and I mean, we're getting slowly better, but there are always going to be differences. Yeah. Even if they do become less subtle in some ways or more negotiated in others, there's always difference, and the difference isn't the bad part. The bad part is, like, like Susan Cain's book Quiet about introverts and extroverts. Yeah. That we both read and really enjoyed. Like, you don't want to eradicate either, mm-hmm. right? They're both great yeah. styles of being, but in a room full of men talking over men like i like there's been points where i'm in conversation in a group and i don't know you and another guy are talking or i'm in a group of a bunch of guys and a couple of women and you women the women can't get a word in if they tried and we have interesting things to say and the guys could be super repetitive yeah and the the like level of sound it would take to break through y'all talking to each other like i would have to be like dude shut up like and i would have to get so crazy and i would look absolutely fucking insane yeah but that's what it would take for y'all to shut up and actually hear what i was trying to say without cutting me off so funny thing happened today at work (laughs) right one of the teachers he, he he eats lunch with us sometimes and like the other two people i work with are women and um he, we're all like talking like we kind of usually do and he just looks at me he's like so did you watch any of the the games yesterday like I guess like for the mm-hmm. NFL like playoff games and I started like nah I don't really like watch TV and then like other <laughs> like she was, she was like we watched all of them we watch football Brian <laughs> like he doesn't watch football at all <laughs> like whatever and was just like kind of like yeah. why didn't you ask us and it was true like they do watch way more football than i do like mm-hmm. and like but, my friends at work yeah they are yeah. always like did you watch the game and i'm like the woman like oh yeah i caught some of it like <laughs> yeah so it was just mm-hmm. interesting because he just starts like smiling <laughs> we're like knowing that like yeah i didn't really think to think about y'all in football but Especially now, like, football just seems like, every, like you know, most like, everyone yeah. watches it on mm-hmm. some level. But. Mm-hmm. but there's always this air of, like, mm-hmm. the girls are just watching it to have a conversation mm-hmm. with the guys. And, like, it just, uh, yeah. you, you want to, like, try to figure out if they really like it. And you're trying to, like, psychoanalyze them. It's like, yeah. maybe they just fucking like it. Yeah. That's like that Cam Newton thing, right? <laughs> Where, like, the, the journalist asks him about the routes. 
and he was he thought it was funny that a woman was asking about I don't routes. Know. Yeah, that was more complicated though. Yeah, I think it was she complicated. Fucked shit before. Yeah. That was just a silly exchange. I hope that's not what he was saying. I don't fucking know. <laughs> that was rough. Yeah. That was real rough. But cam or not, there's plenty of instances of men and especially women in sports journalism that have had to deal with comments like that. I just hate seeing like the two guys battle and then the woman is in the middle like hosting or like Ugh, yeah mediating yeah mediating the talk just like reiterating everything they say and not having her own opinion ever yeah yeah that's really frustrating but i mean half of it you don't even see right like yeah. if i told you like in movies especially i'm like oh, she yeah. never talks to anybody mm. she talks to the guy and she never like actually participates in like this is really frustrating or she's yeah. why is she so obsessed with the guy and nothing else and these really like one-dimensional characters that they make women out to be like just sitting at home pining after a man and that's their entire character yeah i didn't notice that until you pointed that out to me or like when me and when one watching, of your other yeah yeah y'all we were watching what wonder was woman movie? wonder woman yeah i thought it was a great ending to the movie but like what did she have to do she had to like kiss yeah. Or like, oh, her love interest her, had to like, yeah, her love die or something like to, to like, yeah, oh, that was so bad. She was such a strong, independent woman, and then they fucked it all up. But, uh, <laughs> because it's not the women that want this sappy love story in every fucking movie. Like True. the culture does it to you, and us women want stories that aren't about love sometimes too. And that movie was not about love, and then they just brought it in at the last second for no reason. <sighs> But yes. I had a good argument for that, I thought, but I couldn't tell if it was a good argument or if y'all two were just ganging up on me. Probably a little bold. Sometimes I feel like that's why you need, like, yeah, you gotta date more. Because, like, I need a guy's perspective in some of this stuff, like, also, just to make sure. But that's your patriarchy. <laughs> Fuck you. That's you not believing. It's two against one, and you're not, and you still don't believe us. And we are the experts. On feminism compared to you. Defer. Listen. This is the whole point, right? Oh my Jesus. I'm gonna bring I'm, I'm gonna bring her I'm still, into this podcast so that we can duke it out again. I'm still learning. Yes. It's a process. It is a process. It's a process. Alright. Do you want me to read the poem? Ooh, okay. So there's this poet that I tried to get a clip of him. He's a spoken word poet that I love. I tried to get a clip of him saying this poem that I love about patriarchy, but I couldn't find it. And it's a super short poem, but it comes from his perspective. So we're going to have BB read it. All right. So it says, <clears throat> excuse me, let's clear my voice. What should I do when someone calls out my patriarchy? Let your mouth become an altar. Offer your voice as a sacrifice to the God of teachable moments and listen. And that's it. That's Rudy Ooh, Francisco. That was nice. His poem, Alter. And it's fucking awesome. <laughs> and right on point. He has some good stuff. He really does. And I love his short little ones too because it's just kicks your ass right there. Yeah. I think the really key is is just listening, right? I think that's the key mm-hmm. to any type of ally, whether it is with women or 
race, genders, and Especially in our American everything. culture of, like, raise your hand, ask a question. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. it's all right that you don't understand it fully. Yeah. Just keep listening. Maybe you don't have to ask a question right now. Maybe you can just sit down and listen. Oh, yeah. for a few... Like, listen more than you think you should. Yeah. Because I think, especially in our American culture, we're so praised for, like, asking questions and talking and being really extroverted that we don't... Like, oh, but, but I'm asking a question, but I want to understand more. And you mm. think that's always a good thing, but I don't think that's always right speech. I think that sometimes you should be just yeah. sitting with what you're hearing a little bit more. Yeah, and it's difficult because it's one of those things where, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can, I don't always make excuses, but like there's the internet. So you can always YouTube some stuff and like listen to a person of color or a transgender person like talk about their experiences because sometimes I'm like yo I don't have I don't know like where to go or like who to talk to and I don't want to like corner someone and they be my like ambassador for that gender or culture you don't want random white people coming up to you saying hey yeah what do black people think about this yeah like when people get comfortable with me like they'll like ask a question that's different which yeah like like I'm cool with for like most part but yeah just a random person thing like uh, I don't like that yeah that's very you know. dehumanizing especially when I know like you they could go to like certain it's like they don't want to feel uncomfortable mm. and I'm fine with feeling uncomfortable I just don't always necessarily know where to go mm-hmm. you know um but yeah sometimes people just like oh I don't want to they don't go to like an all black thing because they'll feel uncomfortable it's like well shit I do that all the time like exactly. I'm always yeah. uncomfortable like you know. Yep. So yeah, so maybe some dudes just need to go to like stuff like that and just listen. Mm-hmm. Like marches and Yeah, the same way like I would go to an activist stuff and yeah. not always participate that actively, right? You just Yeah. You listen, you do what you can, but yeah, you don't you don't try to be the spokesperson for a group that you're not in. You can be a great ally and not try to run the fucking show. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people get confused about. And yeah, like you said, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. part of that is going to be, you're going to feel insecure. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. That's okay. Stop. Mm-hmm. Like, just stop. Just be in that. Be in that uncomfortable space and your presence is wanted and just chill. Maybe learn something about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) What's next? Are we playing the... uh... So, our next thing, our next uh, question about this topic is, what can, how can men talk to men to help women and to be better feminists and better allies towards this crazy world? Yeah that we live in and we wanted to give you guys an example of a man talking to another man that wasn't coming from a very like hippie I don't know academic yeah it's kind of a straightforward way of therapist kind of way like we're very I mean we geek out about communication and psychology and stuff like that and Mm. We wanted you to hear a very, like, blue-collar kind of example of how men yeah. can talk to men. Yeah. 
very like you know bare knuckle type delivery and i like it i've I've even quoted it in my um blog a few times or at least once you know mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. it's a really great way that he put it and i wish that it was it was put out there more because it was just so yeah. beautifully done yeah you know? we'll, t- we'll talk about it a little bit more after we play it yeah. but we're gonna play for you guys a clip of um the comedian we like bill yeah. burr should i put the phone near it yeah we can do that and um he has a podcast where he takes questions from listeners um and this is dating advice he's giving. And at first he's going to read the question that the caller, the fan, asked him. So here you go. Um, New Year's, everybody. Here we go. Dear Billy Baldrop. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you what you're doing on New Year's because I already know. You and your Rose Bowl crew will be tap dancing at the Wilton over there. Uh, I'm going to be there with a girl I'm 50% into. Okay, well, then that affects uh, what you should be buying her that night. There you go. She's cool, she's hot, and I don't have any major complaints about her. I'm also not in love with her and really can't see anything beyond hooking up. My plan is to laugh my ass off and see what happens. All right? If we hook up, that's great. If not, no big deal. Dude, you're in the zone. You're in the zone. This is some Damone shit. You don't care if she comes, stays, lays, or prays. Now you got the attitude. Um, I don't... I told two friends... And they both advised against hooking up with her. All right. Well, I don't know your friends, and I don't know what their motive is. Let's see if you explain this here. He goes, I would never let that decide whether or not I would. But the interesting thing is that they both said, independent of each other, that hooking up with a girl on New Year's Eve might give her the wrong impression and that she's going to be a leech afterwards. Oh, that's fucking, that's just fear-mongering. That's bullshit. What, because you finger her as the ball drops, all of a sudden you have a relationship? Yeah, I had a good time. Had some laughs. So, like, you don't want to go to the farmer's market? No, I don't. Do you have something against farmer's markets? Not really. Well, then why don't you want to go? Because, you know, I, I don't feel like going with you. I don't feel like a spark. You're a fucking asshole. For what, being honest? Ah, fuck you. There it is. It's the end of the relationship. Anyways, he goes, I can't even fathom why New Year's Eve would be be considered a special occasion that would lead to her thinking that. This whole topic is ridiculous, and I can't even stand to waste time talking about it, but I wanted to hear your opinion. I think I just gave it to you. My question to you is, do you agree with that? And also, do you think there are any days on the calendar that would make a girl think you were into her? Well, yeah, if you took her out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's about it. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day. That, that would be it. What else? What other day? St. Patrick's Day? You know, you're sitting there eating a fucking meat pie next to her, hammered out of your mind with a green plastic hat on. I think he really likes me. <laughs> um, the key, and if I, could, if I could do my single life over again, is I would have been way less fearful, to be honest. You know, when relationships were starting, you know, uh, women are not as psycho as you think. I mean, a lot of times when you say that women are psycho, it's because you are being deceptive. And uh, yeah, then they go fucking psycho. Yeah, they definitely do. But you a lot of times create it. 
if you just tell them straight up front and they're like, so what is this? And just be like, look, I'm not looking to get in a relationship right now. Or like, listen, I enjoy your company, but I'm not feeling like this spark, like there's something to that next level. I just feel like you should know that. And you'd be surprised at how well they take that. You know, they, it's not that always, you know, if you say that the second you feel it, it's usually pretty early on. So there's no really deep feelings. And that's all. People just don't want to get hurt. Okay, believe me. I hurt a lot of fucking people. Believe me. And um, so that's what I learned. I remember, um, Jesus Christ, years ago. And I was just a lad living in New York. I remember uh, I hooked up with this, this woman and she was just like, you know, so what is this? Where's this going? And I was just like, uh, nowhere. I'm like fucking, I was like 35. She was 23. I'm like, I'm like 12 years older than you. You know, by the time you turn 30, I'm going to be like 60. Where do you think it's going? And she actually laughed. And I was just like, you know. She goes, so what are we doing? We're just hanging out, having fun. So whatever crazy thing you want to try, but you don't want to do it with your husband, do it with me. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. And she was just like, all right, cool. We had fun for a few weeks. And then that was fucking it. And nobody got hurt. And, uh, you know, lost touch with her. And that was it. No harm, no foul. Had a great fucking time. So, there's no like... But look, you take them out on Valentine's Day and you get them a rose and all of that shit, you start leading them on. So what you're really talking to, I feel, is you're talking to two younger guys like me, probably, at that, uh, like me, like how I was, I mean. How am I trying to say this? You're talking to two guys who at their age right now, I... I their skill level was what my skill level was. Where they, they don't know how to set it up. So they're sitting there going, oh, don't do this. Don't bring them out on this day because that makes them think this. Um, all that says to me is that they don't know how to communicate what's going on. So they feel like they, and they're also in that thing where they feel like they have to fucking throw their jacket over a mud puddle and let them walk on it in order to get fucked that night, which you don't. You just have to be honest. Because women enjoy sex too. And they also enjoy you telling them what the fucking deal is. Alright? So there you go. So you don't have anything to worry about. Just don't give her a card saying I love you. How many kids do you want? I want to meet your parents. Just don't do that shit. Um, <laughs> feeling like you have to say that shit to them. And that's it. Nice. Alright. <laughs> I love that clip. Yeah. Very nice. So yeah. So what do you love about that clip? I just like how straightforward it is, and it's and it really is like I I really like the ending where it's like because women like sex too. Yeah. Because that's something that guys. That's a great. Point. A lot of us were told that, or in so many ways of like you have to do all these different things to get laid because they either like don't want to or they're holding out for, you know marriage or whatever i'm mm-hmm. not necessarily marriage but you know yeah, i mean like but that story of all that and so you have to pretend you want a relationship because that's the only way she wants to have sex yeah yeah but even when the woman says like actually the question of like what is this like you feel the need like the pressure to, to lie to lie or make it seem like you're the only woman that i'm with right now or something like that you know and it's just because you think that's what she wants to hear. Right. But 
know that that is not what she wants to she doesn't want lies she just yeah. wants to know what's yeah. in your head and the great part about what he was saying about being honest is that like you know at the end of the day we don't want to hurt each other right and the reason why you're willing to lie is because you think you're never going to find it if you tell the truth yeah and in reality is yeah she might say no thanks but there are 10 times as many women out there that'll be that'll say yes to that whatever arrangement the Mm -hmm. casual whatever it is and i don't know if polly teaches you anything or me anything it's to operate on a theory of abundance and not scarcity right yeah i think the insecurities in the guys too comes out it's a scarcity model yeah because i've talked with dudes and it's just like i'm telling them about like being honest and all that type of stuff and it's just like they think like I have like some superpower or something mm-hmm. like that. I was like, nah, but it's different when you do it or something like that. And mm-hmm. just like, no, like it's it's not like it's not like I'm still the same person beforehand. I'm just just more honest about things, and it's still a steady process. Like I, it's not necessarily like I'm I'm above it all. Mm-hmm. Like I still mess up and send the wrong signals and things like that. But trying to get better at it as I go along. But you know. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's such an important lesson, though. Like, the more you talk to them in a real way about that honesty, the more they'll see how exactly it works and that it works. And you know, guys learn guys learn a lot of things by seeing it too, right? So like, Mm -hmm. they're gonna try what works for you, even if they don't really buy into the philosophy that you're saying. Yeah. Just by acting it out and telling them, like, no, listen, like be honest you know because mm. i feel like a lot of dudes that are operating ethically like you do you're also the type of dudes that don't really talk a lot about how you get laid yeah but the dudes that are like out tricking people and doing fuck shit are probably talking all about it yeah and all their tricks that they know and how well they work yeah but i guess for me i just don't like the aftermath of the trickery yes yeah, because it's like I don't know. I like being on good terms with people. So, mm-hmm. like. But that's part of calling I mean? out the patriarchy, right? It's yeah. calling out your friends when, you know, they're telling you about their terrible ploys to get women into bed. Right? Like, yeah. even if you do it back to them in, like, a joking way. Yeah. And just, like, fuck with them a little bit and say, listen, like, I told a girl flat out last night this, that, and the other thing. And I went home with two people. Whatever it was. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. I don't know how you talk to men in those groups. Mm-hmm. Like, you might have to do it more playfully yeah. than the straightforward, you're being an asshole track that, yeah. I, you know, I want to when I hear some of the things, like, dudes say to each other. I mean, I already do it with some of them with, like, certain things with, like, when they talk about, like, babies and mm-hmm. child rearing and things like that. And they mm-hmm. feel like women should do this, like, have their last name or something like that. And just, like, yo, like, you don't have to change anything about your identity. Like you're still mm. the same person before and after a marriage or whatever. Mm. This person like has to do all these things. And granted, I didn't realize that until after I got married the first time. I was like, man, I didn't even think about that because she had brought up wanting to keep her name the same on like her degree or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think about like, you know, her last name being as that important because. In my mind, the way my mom had taught me, it was like, no, when you get married, like, that's what happens. And, mm-hmm. of course, like, that's, like, 
my mom comes from like a very old school way yeah. of like thinking about marriage and yeah and names and stuff so yeah and these conversations are easiest had early on and and not in sort of like precarious situations like you don't want to be yeah in a in a very difficult place with somebody and have like hard conversations about how they view last names or how they view yeah uh you know pregnancy prevention and like all sorts of things like that like you there are a lot of topics that we don't discuss with people that we're having sex with that we probably should like way before it's a problem yeah probably should especially and then it's like this weird man woman thing right where you're just like i mean you should be talking to women about what they think is acceptable behavior or what they think about birth control, what they think about STI yeah. prevention before you ever, like, are trying to have sex without a condom. Yeah. Ever. You need to know that about a person. You're mixing yeah. bodily fluids. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, there's a lot of things that people do with that, and I just, I still don't get it, but, you know. Is this? What's this from? That's scars from when I was a baby. I was a preemie. That's where they could draw blood. What? Yeah. I just saw that. I just realized that. Yeah. Damn. Yep. Um, I was a little tiny three pound baby. Damn. <laughs> That's <laughs> small. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, babies. Are <laughs> right, were you pulling up the question? Oh, we do have a question too. Yeah. Um. Remember, you're supposed to read the. The fake name, not the real name. Yeah, that's fine. I don't. You didn't put it in the document, did you? No, it's in the Queen City Poly uh, okay. email. Well, while I pull that up, why don't you talk about how you learned? Like, I think it's important to also realize that, you know, you can't, as men, defer to women as we're like the end all be all. Like, we're supposed to care about relationships and we're supposed to care about babies and so like when you're dating us like you think we always want a relationship or you think we make responsible decisions about pregnancy and yeah you think we make responsible decisions about stis because we're women like you kind of default to us yeah and think that we're making all these like you i don't know you think that we're just more intelligent and more have our shit together yeah we just we think you're behind more. the scenes somehow taking care of things and that's a terrible especially when like guys like, all we have to do is put a condom on. Like, and that helps out <laughs> a lot. Just do that. Like, I know it feels different, but, like, it just it right. just helps out a lot. You know? Yep. But, no, like, a lot of this, and granted, I don't know if I'm, I'm really into these topics because, like, I have, like, I feel like I've seen the light, and I'm just, like, surprised that it took me this long to realize so many things. Like, only a few months ago, I just realized that all of us are women when we're, before we're born, and then, like, we get our parts, like, while we're, you know, yep. inside and all that stuff. It was like, I didn't know that. Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're the default. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wild. 
But that doesn't mean that... I mean, I feel like dudes take this, like, backseat to relationships, to child-rearing, like, and a lot of it's cultural, but, like, be an equal partner in all of it. Yeah, I, I don't like, meet, like the... Meet us halfway. The guy that... It's it usually, like, you know, and, like, I don't know, like, in movies, but it's always the guy that, like, always stonewalling and doesn't talk a lot mm-hmm. in the uh, movies and stuff. Like, he can't communicate his emotions mm-hmm. well. We got to get out of that shit, yeah. man. Like, but, I mean, even your classic millennial dude that's talking, he's still deferring to the woman about when to get married, when to have a baby, when to... What to do with the kid. Like, she's mm-hmm. never had a kid either, you know? Yeah. Like... I mean, if right. it's going to be a difficult conversation because you have to discuss what you think each other's roles are in the relationship, but yeah. I mean, that's a lot of emotional intel, like emotional pressure and mm-hmm. physical pressure to put on somebody to just always have the answers to things. Like you're an adult too. Yeah. I don't think your genitalia rules us rules you that much. Yeah, that you can't think about child rearing. Yeah. Yeah. Be present, or you can't think about. The health of your body when you're having sex with people like why don't you think about my health too why don't you think about your health if yeah. neither of us want to be pregnant why don't we why don't you think <laughs> right. about that why don't we like yeah work together on this like instead of just assuming care about me in my experience well it's like i'm knocked up it's like i thought you were wearing a dental dam or like some oh shit he didn't God. even know what the fuck like <laughs> <laughs> that was too funny right care just care a little bit cool all right well we're very excited to have another listener question to answer today um and this person goes by the name ub is that how we're gonna say that yep because i don't want to say ub i don't think it's ub i think it's ub 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 has a question for the podcast and it is is how do you stay out of your metamor's way this came up when a close friend was having a conversation on the phone with her boyfriend who was several states away she was asking why he said love you instead of i love you and accused him of not really meaning it because of this subtle difference in how it was said wanting to state my opinion and not thinking about how it would affect my friend and her boyfriend's relationship i started emphatically nodding my head yes my friend then said UB agrees with me, putting her boyfriend in a tighter spot. They worked it out pretty easily, and it wasn't that bad, but I but I felt bad because I had unintentionally sabotaged the boyfriend. Any tips on how to stop myself from doing this in an actual poly relationship? Well, seems like UB... Sounds like this person feels bad about jumping on the side, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would say in situations like that, just I don't know, just I just try to stay out of those situations, especially if it's different. If I don't know the metamor like that, and you're just like talking to me about a situation with a dude, because then like I don't really, I, it's he's not real to me, so I'm just talking up like you know, true, just like uh, about anybody like at work or something like that, true. But if I know the person, I know the dude, and, like, I'll be there to help. But, like, if, like, don't, like, drag me into a situation. Unless, like, it's, like, a playful, like, thing that we're talking about. But I just usually just, like, oh, I'm not in that. Like, y'all figure that out. 
Yeah. I mean, part of you can can be in a more mindful space where you um, are better able to recognize when that kind of conversation is happening around you and you are more aware of what you're doing and that you're getting involved and that this isn't has nothing to do with you and you don't do those like emphatic head movements right like if you're being more mindful and and knew that that was a discussion they were having you could take yourself out of it maybe you wouldn't have done that and had that happen but my first impression of this question is really that your friend should have never put you in the middle of it and she was the one that put you in the middle of it Uh and I mean you played a role by kind of making your opinion very well known when it but wasn't you kind of have to though for. you're in the car with that person too right yeah, like it wasn't a setup situation. like you can't like but you're sitting there like nodding like i mean i don't know cuz if you disagree then like you're stuck in that place with that person in a disagreement true I so mean, it's honestly, a, it's if, a so if, if this was if this was a poly situation and you were dating her and she was dating this other person, right? If this was a poly yeah. thing, and you were in the same situation with the car, maybe you would still emphatically nod because you share her opinion about the love you versus I love you. Yeah, maybe, right? Right. But the second she started saying, "You be agrees with me," I would, if it were me personally, in yeah. your shoes. I would wait until she was off the phone and I would bring it up and I would be like, listen, like, I don't want, Mm -hmm. I don't agree with how you used my opinion in that fight. And like, that's not how I, yeah, that's not how I operate and I don't agree. Like, and that's rude. And I don't like, if you couldn't make your point without me, like, I don't think that's a constructive way to argue. Yeah. And I don't want. You know, that could affect my relationship with, with him. Yeah, and yeah. I don't want that, so right. please don't do that to me. That's a very uncomfortable place yeah, for you to be in. Yeah, it puts you in the bed um, yeah. And, I mean, you can try to extricate yourself from doing the things, but I don't think you should really have to walk on eggshells to that degree. No, yeah. It doesn't seem like it would... Hopefully it wouldn't be to that extreme in a situation or something like that, but I would say it's just best to just... I know for me, like, I just try to stay out of things and just try to support however I can with, like, certain situations. But definitely not over the phone or, like, via, you know, it seems like you're ganging up or something. Because like, it's almost like a, think of it was just like a friendship. You know, if it was just three friends, like, it's still, like, it would still feel the same way, right? So that's yeah. why it's, like, you know, yeah. The so, friend, the friend definitely put him in a a tight spot because it's yeah. like, you know, and you agree with him, right? Of, <laughs> and part of Polly is learning how to advocate for yourself in those situations and have a lot more talking than you normally would in a relationship. Like in a normal relationship, you might let that go and like not have a fight, not have a discussion about that. But in Polly, that would be a thing where you'd really like yeah. want to say like, "Hey, listen, I didn't like how you said that." Yeah. If you want to keep it light, just be like, my name is Wes and I ain't in that mess. Okay. <laughs> That's the country way. <laughs> you're like, you know what? My name is Wes and I ain't in that mess. Yeah, your country ass <laughs> would have ways to skirt it that is all about indirect communication. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, have that be long drawn out. Just like, my name is Wes and I ain't in that mess. 
this is the difference between you and me. <laughs> Direct communication. Yeah, I talk around things. Versus yes. indirect communication. Yeah, eventually I get there. It's true. You gotta warm it up a little. Okay. <laughs> Y'all northerners like to like get right to it and just like yeah. make a beeline to the conversation. Yeah. We don't got time for that. We like to let the mosquitoes bite a little bit, you uh, know? No, we're in a hurry. <laughs> got places to go. Things to do. People to oh, see. Oh, Jesus. It's cold. We got to go get warm. You know? it's, it's, it's rough life. <laughs> I got to work on my northern accent. It still sounds like an Italian man. It does sound Hey, like- bada bing. You sound hey. like you're on the Godfather usually, <laughs> or trying to be. <laughs> bada bing, bada bing. I don't know. Well, then they, they say stuff like that, right? That's hilarious. Tony. A lot of Tony's in New Tony. York. There's a lot of Tony's in New York. I feel like there's a lot of Tony's pizzas. Okay. Pizzerias. Is this getting racist now? Probably to an Italian. Okay. All right. I'm back off. <laughs> <laughs> Meditate on that shit. That is our episode for today. We hope you enjoyed the content. Feel free to email us at queencitypoly at gmail.com for questions about polyamory or relationships in general. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and write us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Queen City Poly comes to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Special thanks to Charlotte-based artist Black Linen for lending us his track New Day, featuring Nige Hood from his album First Saga, available on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Stream his latest album, Black Linen 3.0, on Spotify right now. You're welcome.